You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, coach it in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what's going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast proud members of the full-time fantasy podcast network you can find them at ftf podnet on twitter you can find me your host for the evening matthew bruning at sports fanatic mb on twitter we're just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network some of which are jim day of ff champs Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, The Consistency Show, and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo. We also have Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from Sirius XM Radio. You can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. For today's episode, we are about to go live on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, and YouTube uh, with Dennis and Matt Fox. Dennis, you can follow at Culture underscore Coach, and Mr. Matthew Fox, you can follow at Nighthawk7734. The NFL Draft just wrapped up a couple days ago, and me and Matt and Dennis are going to go over our final rookie rankings after the draft, and we've seen all the landing spots. Cannot wait to dive into that. We are going live now, so join us on those other outlets. If not, listen to us on the podcast guys Hello! <laughs> what's going on everybody we are back here live again to give you guys our finalized rookie rankings we were able to make it through the nfl draft this weekend it was uh, definitely something i think we all needed it was a uh, definitely fun to watch uh, the new way they handled it this year how was uh, how was your guys weekends Busy working, putting a new window in the duck coop. 
How about you, Vince? That honeydew list. <laughs> I was trying to tell if that was a euphemism or not. <laughs> uh, my, my weekend was pretty good. Uh, you know, watched a lot of draft on on Friday night after we logged off here. Got to have it on in the background at least. As long as I was available for conversation, it was okay if it was on. Right. And then <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of draft on uh, Saturday, and it seemed like some of the rookie drafts just took off like as the third round was or as the seventh round was ending. Yeah, in the back yeah, row yeah. invitational league, our draft starts at noon on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's kinda it seems like I'm I'm in, I think uh I mean I have to double check, but I'm in double digits right now going on. So just trying to trying to keep up with everything has has definitely been fun. It really seems like probably more late Friday night and Saturday is where we've really seen a, a bunch of these guys kind of go. We, we saw obviously a lot of the top guys uh, go, some of them Thursday wide receiver wise, some of the running backs we kind of saw go as we went live Friday, but really a bulk of these guys seem to have gone late here Friday night and Saturday. Uh, so we've got our finalized ranks here. We're not going to talk about every single guy. You guys have been paying attention. You've heard us talk about some of these guys throughout these uh past couple weeks we are going to give you our full ranks and i'm going to kind of ask you guys about some of the disparities we have in our ranks there's a couple of us that have a guy uh, have a few guys here and there uh so let's just kick it off uh let's let's go with the top five for for us right now i feel like that's probably more relevant i'll give you mine first since mine seem to be a little bit different than your guys uh my top five are joe burrow justin herbert to uh Eason and then uh, Love. Those are those are my top five at the moment. Dennis, why don't you give us who your top five are? I have uh, the QB one all off season. Tua, Burrow, Herbert, Eason, and Love for me. And then what about you, Matt? Um, I have Tua on top, Burrow, and then Herbert and Eason. So Dennis and I are the same there. My my number five, I put Jalen Hurts. Interesting. So Hertz is going to be the one that stands out. We'll get to him in a minute. Why do you guys have Tua at one? Is it just, I mean, I guess I could see the argument from what Miami has done, but just kind of give me your side of why Tua at one over over Joe Burrow, who got drafted one, had obviously one of the most historic uh, college seasons we've ever seen. Well, wouldn't you rank the better quarterback higher? That's debatable. We've seen good quarterbacks. Well, go it is debatable that, that you would, would rank so. the better quarterback higher. We've seen that. No, I mean, my argument against Tua, I, I'm not saying he's not the better quarterback. He, he's definitely shown that he's, I guess, more consistent uh, through his college career. I don't know if you could say he's better. What Joe Burrow did last year is, has been better than Tua has ever done, but he's been more consistent. My biggest fear with Tua is he's had way too many injuries for me to just say he's going to be okay coming into the NFL. Haven't seen it from Joe. I mean, Joe's gotten hurt. Uh, man, what would that have been? I think going into his junior year at Ohio State in the offseason, he got hurt. That's eventually what led to Dwayne Haskins winning that job. He was able to beat him out because that was like eight years ago. Yeah, probably something like that. But uh, but Tua has been hurt every single year that he has been in. It's dead, buddy. Tua's uh, Tua has been hurt every single year that he's been in college. And that I, I, as Nick Saban said, he's not a guy who mixes words. He came in and said that he doesn't think Tua does a good job of taking care of himself. He he takes unnecessary hits and doesn't get rid of the ball when he does, and that's something that you can't just coach out of someone like that. He's so damn competitive that I don't think that's something that is going to be easily coached out of him, and I would be – I think it's fair to say these NFL players are a lot bigger, stronger, faster than the college players he's been playing. So I do worry about that with Tua. He's still my number three. I'm not 
you can get him at one, and I'm okay missing him, not getting him uh, as my top quarterback. But that's my biggest fear on him. Matt, Matt, what are your thoughts on Tua? Well, I'm like Dennis. I thought he was the best quarterback. Um, so there are a couple. I'm trying to find the graphic now, too. There was somebody that put a graphic out. You talked about the injuries that actually showed that Joe Burrow missed more games in college than Tua did. So I, he, he gets – He's been hurt a few times, but aside from that massive hip injury, he hasn't missed a ton of time. Yeah, now that, had, uh, that is a big question, obviously. The Well, the ankle injuries, it's had he not gotten the tightrope surgery, which not a lot of people do, it is something that seems to be more focused in on at Alabama, uh, he would have missed more time. He, he's had two serious ankle injuries in his two years. He had the tightrope injury, which I think only held him out. Uh, the first year, I actually don't think he sat out, but more than one week. And then last year, he sat out a couple weeks because they they kind of pretty much came out and said, hey, we're playing cupcakes. We're saving him for the LSU game. And so he sat out for two weeks. And then obviously the hip injury happened a couple weeks later. Well, that, that might happen with the Dolphins, too, when they play the Jets. Yeah, I mean, but they don't just play the Jets every week. It's, it's not, I mean, not just the cupcake a, schedule. You just need a couple weeks off, right? So, yeah. uh, no, so I guess for me – I thought he was a better quarterback. I think Miami taking him showed that, you know, because the big unknown with uh, with everything, especially that happened because of the pandemic, is we didn't get to see pro days and teams didn't get to send their doctors. So some were questioning whether all the reports that have come from his camp and people that have supposedly seen him says he's fine. Yeah. Uh, so I felt a little bit better seeing the Dolphins take him. Honestly, well, it's uh, comparing rotten apples. I actually think Miami's organization is better than an organization run by Mike Brown. Um, so that's you know, sorry, but that's another that's another thing. I actually like Miami's coaching situation a little bit better than than Zach Taylor. So, uh, you know, those those are factors for me. I sat here today and, and listened to several people talk about how much. Anthony Lynn believes in Tyrod Taylor. So that gave me a moment of pause about Herbert. So when I'm putting, when I'm putting him in, I think those three guys are in a tier probably way above all the other prospects because of opportunity and where they were drafted and stuff. And you could probably make a case for, for different players. I'm a little bit more like Dennis in that I thought Tua when healthy is the best quarterback i don't think there's a huge disparity in their situations uh you know if anything of those three teams miami seemed the most ascendant at the end of last year so you know that's how i broke it and like i said it makes sense i i could see an argument as you just said as well for for any of those top three guys Uh, i put herbert above to uh just because i like his situation better in the long run. I think uh, obviously having the weapons around him that he does right now, uh, they've already kind of secured some of those guys. Mike Williams, you've got Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. They brought in – who did they bring in uh, off the – they got Justin Jackson and they brought in Joshua Kelly as well in the draft. And K.J. Hill, so – you know, maybe a little more speed yeah, as a yeah, third option. I like that landing. He's actually going to be in an article they, I'm working on right now. Yeah, so. they, had, they had nothing behind Mike Williams yeah. and Keenan Allen. Yeah, really. like, that made you excited. So I thought that was kind of an underrated move. They still I have like, Andre Henry. Yeah, yeah, I like they signed Donald Parham, the tight end that we all liked from the from XFL. the XFL. Yeah, no, yeah I mean, I So I mean, he was he looked like a good receiver. 
I don't know so much about Donald Parham. I'm not going to get too excited about him, but some of the other well, What do you want to know guys. about Donald Parham? I can tell you about Donald Parham. Oh, I'm sure he's good from what I saw in the XFL games. And I just, I like the weapons that Herbert has around him. So I do agree with you. Everything we've heard is that it does seem like they're going to lean on Tyrod Taylor, at least early in the season. So you're likely, I also don't think Tua starts. I think the only one that secured a spot starting right off the bat is Joe Burrow. Tua and Herbert are likely going to have to wait for a little bit in the, uh, in this first year. So let's go a little bit down since we've all kind of agreed that those are our top guys. So me and uh, Dennis have, oh, we all have Eason. So what do we think about Eason? Because I thought this was a great landing spot for him and possibly now being the guy after Phillip Rivers. And I also think that kind of speaks bad about anybody who has Jacoby Brissett shares and was hoping he was going to be the guy once Rivers leaves. Well, I think uh, Eason is kind of the polar opposite of Brissett. Eason's the big arm, going to push it down the field, take some more chances. Uh, Brissett's kind of like Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't think with as good of an arm. So while Brissett's kind of, he's the safe school. You know, you, you put in for your, you know, your Ivy Leagues, and then you put in uh, with, uh, you know. The one uh, that lets it? you live with your parents. and see yeah, yeah, that's the one. So I, I – I like Eason. Eason gets oppor- he's going to have opportunity. He needs some time, and sitting behind Philip Rivers is going to give him at least one, maybe two years. I think Jacoby Brissett, Brissett kind of brings to the table some of the things that you get from Jalen Hurts in the intangible. Uh, Brissett's just a better quarterback than Hurts. So I think Brissett and Rivers can really teach Eason how to be an NFL quarterback and harness the tools he has, know when to throw it away, when when to throw it out of bounds, and when to give up the play, and when to take your shot. And I think that's what really happens with uh, Eason moving up my boards. I, I'm not a huge fan, but I think the opportunity moves him above, say, Love, who's likely to sit for three or four years, or anybody else on the list who – Honestly, isn't uh, yeah. you know I I almost stopped my list at four. Yeah, well, this is where you know the the post draft landing spot really altered some of the quarterback. You know, because usually after the, those top three had kind of set themselves apart, and usually a lot of people some some people liked Hurts better, but a lot of people had Jordan Love there as number four, and he was the fourth quarterback taken. But where he goes, you know, in terms of the game that we play, fantasy and dynasty. You know that's a tough that's a tough waiting game. You could have him on your bench for one year. You could have him on the bench for two years. You could have him on your bench for three years. Eason goes to a place where we like the offense. They have a quarterback friendly head coach in Frank Reich. Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett are on one year contracts, which we all talked about when Rivers signed that one year deal. It was kind of like it seemed like a sign that he wants to give it one more go, see if he can make a run with the Colts, and then you know, see what happens, see if it's a good fit, see if it, and I think that's, you know, Eason was, was right in there in that midst of that second kind of tier group of quarterbacks. And he ends up going to the best location. I think that makes him easily the top of that tier behind the top three. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like I said, it, for me, you're you're likely looking at it as we just talked about one year, maybe, and then you've got him back out there. Maybe Brissett goes out there if they really feel Eason's not ready. But I think after this year, 
Uh, Eason's going to be the guy on a team that we've seen has continued to build a really good team around him as well. That offensive line's top, one of the top offensive lines, added one of the best running backs in the draft this year for him as well. And then he's got a ton of wide receiver weapons. So it's going to be fun to see Eason in that offense in the last next year. Jordan Love, I mean, there's not much to say about him, I think. I, I liked Love coming in. I, I wasn't as high on him as others. He was still my four in the class. But going to Green Bay, I mean, in a super flex draft even, I'm taking him over or really probably even behind a guy like Cole McDonald, who who I have ranked just behind him because I think McDonald has a better chance sooner. Uh, but Love, we I imagine, is sitting for at least four years. I believe Rodgers' contract is up in 2022. So that 20, maybe the 2023. First time- 2023. So that may be the first time that we see Jordan Love. So you're going to be holding on but to him. To be fair, Rogers' contract becomes non guaranteed following this year. So that's yeah, that's I, the real question. I mean, I don't think any of us are like, oh, Green Bay is just going to be in a hurry I to like, I don't the think guy out the door. Do but Harv either, and they did it. So maybe, but I doubt it. Is there anybody else on? I'm going to give you my guy. And if there's anybody else you guys want to talk about on this list before we move on to the right. next, because as you guys mentioned, there's really not a lot of. I mean, you got the Fromms, Hurts, these guys. I mean, Hurts. Well, I'm not. From, from went to a horrible spot too because Josh Allen. They. I mean, mate was only taken a couple of years ago. Fromm's got to be. They must have looked at him and said, "Hey, career backup. He can miss a receiver just as well as the guy we got in the starting lineup. We take That's him. True. That's true. So, uh, I, I think." You know, one landing spot that I liked from a developmental perspective was Anthony Gordon going to Seattle. Okay. So his game is a little different than Russell Wilson's, but I think he also is a pretty good quarterback. And if he sits behind Wilson, he could be one, he could be a Jimmy Garoppolo type where he sits for three or four years in preseason and the occasional mop up. He looks good. Uh, And then, Three years from now, somebody acquires him and gives him an opportunity to start. So that's kind of why I so put Hertz and then uh, McDonald over Love, not because I think they're necessarily better players, but if you're looking at the place where they got set, they look to be a number two quarterback uh, with a relatively little competition for that position behind veterans who have a checkered injury history. I mean, we they there's been a, bit, a lot of talk that they took Hertz because you know they wanted to have a hedge uh, against Carson Wentz who we've seen miss time a few times. I also think yeah. there's potential Hertz ends up playing a little bit of Taysom Hill ball and goes out there on packages may have some standalone value. And McDonald, let's not forget Ryan Tannehill blew his knee out like three yeah. years in a row. Well, on Hertz, you are exactly correct on that. I listened to Doug Peterson give an interview today where they feel they already have packages for him in the offense. Now, I heard the Taysom Hill comp, and I don't necessarily see that. He's not as explosive as Taysom Hill. He's as explosive as your other guy there, the Tim Tebow. There, not as accurate either. Uh, he's a little no, but he's a little bit more accurate than. No, him. he is more accurate. But, but uh, I, I don't think he's going to come in if he's quite as use the way that the Saints use Taysom Hill, but I could they've already said that they've got packages for him, and I agree with you. I think they wanted to bring in a guy who's somewhat mobile, can kind of play like Carson Wentz. He's not going to be able to throw the ball as accurate or with the cannon that Carson Wentz has, but he can somewhat play in that offensive scheme. So it's I have, just for backup. I have doubts that Hurts can beat out Nate Sudfeld. Okay. Well, I don't know about the ad. I mean, it took him in the second round. I think yeah. that I think that as much you as know, I hate Just draft, because they take you there. 
you know, I, I, yeah. I don't think Hertz can process the offense quick enough. Well, they're going to, they're going to give him a package. Of, they're going to give him a package of plays that involve him taking the snap and running. The last two guys, you, you mentioned one of them, Matt, and I, there's another guy that I want to talk about. I think that might actually make you happy with the route. I'm going to go with this. Cole Stanley. McDonald, do you agree? Yes, yeah, Stanley. Yep. I'm glad that you picked up on that. I, uh, I was, I was tempted to put him over love too, but I thought uh, that would just be throwing shade. I liked I liked it because we don't know. I think what did Tannehill only sound like a couple year deal as well too, right? So it might be something yeah. where he could be the starter if they if he really starts to progress in that offense. We've seen that uh, Vrabel and those guys aren't always trying to go out and get the flashiest quarterback. They want a guy that can run their system. I think McDonald can do that. He clearly comes in with a much better arm than Tannehill as well. Maybe not as explosive of a runner, but he can run the ball as well. So I like McDonald. There could be someone they watch out for in a couple years. But Stanley was my other guy. Uh, I do think that he could come in, and we know Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know Matt over here famously. Well, he did re, he did re up like a couple more years, right? So I mean, I think Cousins so, I think yeah. has three years now, again. But they have to be looking a little bit to the future. I didn't think that. I thought that was an interesting pick. I like all, all those guys may have a quicker path to playing, unfortunately, than Love, who's a guy whose talent that we like. Oh, no, I know. That's the crazy part about it. So those are the guys. If I'm looking in a rookie draft, though, I feel like the top three guys are the for sure bets. I would grab Eason late if you can. Outside of that, I'm really not touching anybody right now. I think any of these other guys you might be able to get uh, later or off the waiver wire in your rookie leagues or in your dynasty leagues. Running back, this is uh, going to be interesting. We all have a different one. Um, now, I know Dennis and mine, Matt, I don't think we ever really got yours early on in the process. Me and Dennis definitely stuck with our one still um, here. So I'll let uh, Matt, you go first. Give us your one. We'll just kind of go around the corner here. Um, I went with Taylor. Uh, yeah. You know, I've heard a lot of strong, strong arguments. He wouldn't probably have been my favorite running back when we went into the draft. Um, I, not that he would have. There was a huge separation for me be, between some of those guys. But I liked his. Uh, situation. Um, I've heard a lot of talk about the Colts. Uh, we're actually a sneaky, powerful running team. Um, I don't think, uh, I can, you know, maybe Dennis is, but I don't know how many of us are super Marlon Mack fans. So I don't see him as a, as a true impediment to touches. So uh, to me, you know, that was, that was where I went. I, I like the Colts offense. I think they're, they're looking at the fact that they were, looking to be contenders going into last year before the quarterback situation kind of derailed the start of their season. They had too many injuries. If you look at what they did in the draft, trying to load up on skill position uh, players to really make that offense more dynamic. Uh, they had done a good job in previous years of kind of building out the line and trying to do some of those things. And I think they're in a very winnable division. So, you know, if you can get a lead, yeah, you can run it down people's throats. I think Frank Reich would love that. Yeah, I, I definitely love Jonathan Taylor to the Colts. I, I think the reason he he stays lower for me is that they're going to use Naheem Hines to catch the ball. They're going to spell him with Marlon Mack this year because that's just what coaches do, and it's frustrating. I, I do think that Taylor's going to have a, a good career, but he's going to be he's going to be a Nick Chubb type and and that's that's a good thing. You definitely, you know, there's a spot for him high in your ranks uh for somebody like that. But I I think that he's just going to 
he's going to sort of ha- he's going to have a little bit lower cap, a little lower ceiling than some of the the other guys. I I have I still have J.K. Dobbins as my number one, and part of it was I had to take a look at I, I have to make sure I'm not ranking these guys based on what are they going to do this year. So J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore running that offense that they run is going to have monster holes and you can complain all you want. Oh, well, anybody could run through those holes. Well, that true enough, but he's the one that's going to have those holes. He's the one that's going to be playing with Lamar Jackson. He's the one that's going to catch those swing passes. And I think that JK Dobbins is just going to, he's going to feast. It's going to, he's going to push Mark Ingram to the side. Ingram is still going to be a valuable piece. I think this year, Dobbins really hurts Gus Edwards because when they get up, I, I feel like they're going to want to give Dobbins some a little bit of extra work. And that's where Gus Edwards gained, what, 800 yards last year? Edwards had a really good season. Uh, Justice Hill is kind of getting – he's getting pushed down to that fourth running back there. And, and as much as Baltimore runs the ball – there just isn't a lot of meat on the bone for the fourth running back. So I still have hot, uh, Dobbins at one. Uh, I, I like what he what he brings to that offense and how he fits there. Him and him and Edwards Alaire both landed in really good fits for what they do. Yeah, so my one, I still kept DeAndre Swift. Uh, I was not as high on this pick until we actually had Kane on here Friday, and he kind of talked me into keeping Swift at one. Uh, I just Coming in, he was the best back, in my opinion. He, he's by far one of the best receiving backs in this class. I, think, I do think that gets overlooked a little bit. He's extremely elusive, and I have no doubt whatsoever that he's going to be able to beat out Carrion and get a majority of the touches. Carrion is more of a power back. DeAndre Swift can do it all, so I like Swift going in there. With Daryl Bevel on that offense, he's going to be a guy that thinks going to be out there more often than Carry On. I, I do think Carry On is now not necessarily get relegated to a bench role. I could still see it being split 60-40, but with explosive as Swift is, I'm still keeping him up there because I don't think they renew Carry On. They let him go once his time's up, and it's going to be all DeAndre Swift all the time. So I've got Swift there. Uh, you guys have already touched on my next two, Dobbins, Taylor. Uh, it is razor thin for me on all these guys. You could go any which way. There's one draft I went Dobbins at one. Another one I took Taylor. I, I, I took Swift in one as well. There's no wrong way, I think, to draft those guys. The one other thing I'll say about Dobbins is, as a Buckeyes fan, I've watched him play every Saturday now for the past three years, and he's played in the same kind of RPO offense all three years, whether it was with Urban Meyer or then the last, uh, last year's with uh, Ryan Day here recently. That's exactly what Baltimore does, and as much as I love Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson is a 10 times better runner than Justin Fields and 10 times more dangerous, and we saw the holes that that was able to create for him in college. I imagine the same thing is going to be able to happen for him in the NFL, so I I think Dobbins is going to be a stud in the NFL. If it's not this year, if they decide to let Mark Ingram kind of run one more time here as, as his contract runs out, Dobbins is going to be a stud hitting the ground in 2021. So regardless of where you take him, I still think he's going to get run this year. Wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't take over till later. Uh, the one difference between us, Dennis, you just mentioned him. You had CEH up here. I have him down at uh, six, five, one, two, three, four, five. Yes, yeah, six. I have Keyshawn Vaughn ahead of him. 
Uh, I like Keyshawn Vaughn a lot. I think him going to Tampa Bay, I think he's getting undersold a little bit in what he can do in the receiving game. They weren't at, He wasn't asked to do that as much as Vanderbilt, but he can do it. I think well, he's, he's certainly he's, better than Ronald Jones, that's for sure. And not only is he better than Ronald Jones at catching the ball, he's better than Ronald Jones at running the ball. I think he's going to be the guy going into an offense that we've seen. Brady loves to check down to the running back when he doesn't have anybody else. I think Vaughn is going into a sneaky good uh, situation. Uh, what worries me about Clyde's Edward Hilaire, you guys can rebuttal this because you both have him much higher than I do, is I just don't trust Andy Reid to give him the ball 100% of the time. I think he's going to have multiple guys competing with him, and my fear of how bad he is as a pass blocker is going to leave him off the field in crucial situations, especially if they get into a hurry-up offense, which we see them do quite often. It's going to leave him on the sidelines and leave whether it's Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson, Darrell Williams, whoever it is out there more often than him. So CEH, definitely a stud, great landing spot. Until he improves on his pass blocking, though, I am a little bit worried about it. Why are you guys so sold on CEH as you have? Dennis, you have him at two, and Matt, you have him at three. Before we do that, did it physically hurt you to jump off the Ronald Jones bandwagon? Oh, I'm still on the Ronald Jones bandwagon. Whenever he goes to his new team, he's going to be a top 12 running back. He's just not going to happen in Tampa. I've I've resided myself to that. So my question for Matt was this. So you're going to sit here and tell me all about how, uh, you know, you kept DeAndre Swift as Swift as your number one. He's yes. still your number one back. You're pumping DeAndre Swift. And then I just sit here and watch you draft J.K. Dobbins over DeAndre Swift. That's because I knew I could get DeAndre Swift too. But yeah, but what you're not. So I don't. I, I feel. I feel like you got a shovel and you're in the in the barn with no, the bulls see, and you're, you're shoveling. Leaving out, and you're leaving shoveling. out one very convenient fact, though. I had the one one and the one two. And so I took DeAndre Swift second, didn't I? No, this is this is in the uh, fantasy life writers league. You just took oh, J.K. Yeah, Dobbins. Gone, isn't he? No, no, he hasn't gone. Is he not? No, uh, only uh, Edward Solaire and Taylor. Uh, I thought Swift was gone. I had I don't even have Swift in my queue, so I either missed him or I thought he got I thought he got drafted. So I do, I don't really care. I still want Dobbins. I'm fine with it. So Dobbins is your one, your RB one. That's what I, that's what I see. That's what I see with my eyes. This isn't a rookie draft. This is a, this is a all inclusive draft here. It's dynasty rookies and dynasty leagues. Dynasty is dynasty is dynasty. Yeah, exactly. If you have the one and two and you're taking the two guys, why wouldn't you symbolically take your number one at number one? Because I wanted Dobbins to know that I took him one when he comes on the because Dobbins is his one. He just we've seen Matt with Ronald Jones. It takes him. It takes him a long time to come to terms with reality. Nah, it's my. It takes him time to come to terms with reality. I draft with my heart, not my head. I've been very honest about that for a very long time. It's cost me quite a few times, but it is what it is. And hey, Matt, I would like to apologize for convincing you to trade me a pick in the back row invitational league and then taking your guy Hodgins with that pick. I'm all right. I've got him in enough leagues right now. It's okay to not have him in one. I'm okay with it. Well, I feel like that was why you wouldn't trade with me in the other, in in the, the, Roundtable league when I offered you. No, I wanted to uh, not no because you actually got Pittman. Who did I take? No, I wanted T Higgins. I needed another good wide receiver. Yeah, I was. That's who I was targeting there. Was no, Higgins. I wouldn't. In all honesty, I wouldn't have. I would have done the trade even if you told me you were coming up to get Hodgins because I wanted the second round pick. Like I don't really like. I've I've got Hodgins in enough leagues. Right. Seen my wide receivers in that league. I don't need him at all. So I'm I'm good with it. 
But let's talk about CEH now. Enough talk about our fantasy team. Do you guys have him high? Uh, you heard what I have, my opinion of him is. Why, why do you guys have him up there at two and three? Well, I think he went to a situation where he is going to be the guy. Uh, he's clearly more talented than Damian Williams. I do expect them to keep Damian Williams unless, like Carlos Hyde last year, somebody comes knocking on the door and says, hey, we're going to give you a premium pick, you know, a third or fourth rounder. Uh, but he's, but Williams just isn't as good. Darrell Williams isn't as good, and Darwin Williams isn't as good. Now, I know his name isn't Williams. Thompson, it's all right. <laughs> so... I think they're all Williams. They're yeah, all Williams. they're all and, Williams to Andy. He's like, "Hey, Williams, Williams with a D, get out there." So, uh, Edward Delaire is gonna have he's gonna have to improve his his uh, pass blocking. That's that's clear. But I also think that one of the things that we often forget about in uh, uh, pass blocking or in pass plays is that. How many, what percentage of those plays is the back actually staying in the block versus going out? You know, over half of those plays, the back is going out in a pattern. So the pass blocking is important. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I think Edward Delaire is going to dominate the snaps. Uh, they wanted him there. They see him, you know, Andy Reid, Brett Veach. Uh, Patrick Mahomes all see him, you know, they're like, he's a, he's a better Brian Westbrook. That's what I keep hearing people say. I don't know. They, they love him. I think that part of the, he's going to get the opportunity and he's got the ability. Yeah. And that to me, it, it was the landing spot. I think, you know, I like Damian Williams fine. He seems to have real trouble staying on the field and staying in the rotation, and I think that's the reason why we've seen flashes when he was at Miami and flashes a couple of years. Uh, you know, it, it almost feels like uh, what we used to joke about with uh, uh, Derrick Henry for a couple of years. Damian Williams showed up two years in a row for, like, the last game of the regular season of the playoffs, and now he vaults up everybody's list. They're in a high-volume offense. You know, I think we've seen before with rookies that, you know, people said to to have caution. I'm pretty sure that's the way it was with, with Kareem Hunt, too, when he started, you know, oh, he'll, he'll work in. He's really talented, but he's going to be part of a committee. And sooner or later, he takes over and, and is the guy. And I, I don't think there is anyone on that roster that's a long-term or even possibly a 2020 major impediment to him getting meaningful minutes if he can stay healthy and he is what we think he is. He's in a great spot. Uh, you know, to play with Patrick Mahomes and that offense. All right. So the last guy that we all seem to have here in our, uh, in our top five is, outside of me, I guess is, is acres. Uh, are you guys liking the position of him landing with the Rams? What are your guys thoughts on him before we kind of finish out our ranks here? And we'll touch on some of the lower end guys. I, I like acres to the Rams. Um, I, I agree with the issue that, you know, he went from playing with a bad O-line in college to he, he's going to have a bad O-line. Uh, I've heard a couple, you know, we had Kane on last week and he talked about how Akers didn't fit what they do in that offense very well. I've also heard a couple people uh, talking about how he he does fit that offense well. And so I think the jury is going to be out. I I do think he's a much more talented back than Daryl Henderson. And okay. I feel like that's going to, come to the forefront 
He's a better all-around back than Henderson, and I think he's going to be able to uh, do some of the things that Henderson can't. So I, I'm good with Akers as my fifth running back. Yeah, I, I like the the offense, the opportunity. I'm pulling it up here. I mean, we saw last year, uh, you know, behind a sometimes suspect offensive line that at times, you know, Malcolm Brown and even Todd Gurley, who seemed to be injured, managed to to do there. Uh, he it's going to be a pretty open competition. Nobody that he's going in with has a, has a solid hold on that uh, running back position. And if the Rams can can get their mojo back and, and you know pick up from some of the some of the struggles they had last year, I think uh, that can be a great opportunity. All right, so what I want to do is kind of just have us give out uh, give the rest of our running back ranks, and then if you guys want, we can touch on a couple guys here and there as we go through them. So for me, uh, after CEH and Akers, I've got DJ Dallas, who I think lands in a great spot there in Seattle. I think that's if you own Rashad Penny, you need to be freaking out. Uh, I think Chris Carson's going to be back. DJ Dallas, I think, steps into that role. Darrington Evans, I think, lands in another also really interesting spot with Tennessee, could be the guy. If they decide to let Derrick Henry go, still hasn't signed a long-term deal. Uh, he's a guy who can kind of do it all. Antonio Gibson, I know Matt's got an issue with. I'm sure he'll, he'll talk yes, about it. I, I, need, I need Antonio Gibson slash Redskins corner in a minute. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I like it, though. Uh, interesting him landing there. They've they've come out and said that he's going to be the running a running back for them. He can play wide receiver going into a loaded running back backfield. So that'll be an interesting spot. Uh, I'm going to cut mine here at AJ Dillon, and then we'll talk about the rest of them here in a minute. I'll let you guys kind of get down to where it's where I'm at as well. AJ Dillon's a really interesting spot for me. I have him higher than both of you guys. Uh, I like it in the fact that Aaron Jones is out of his contract after this year. We have not heard any news about them possibly wanting to resign him. I think as much as I'm not a fan of Dillon, he is better than Jamal Williams. So I think there's a realistic shot that AJ Dillon could be the lead back in the group for the green Bay Packers come 2021. So that's why I have him as high as I do. Dennis, give us your, whatever. I think I just gave my next five, give us your next five. Anything you want to mention on him really quick. You know, nothing's going to make uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers retire, retire quicker than AJ Dillon being his well, starting running back. Maybe you, think that's he was, you think he was pissed, pissed this weekend. Just give him a couple of seasons. Well, did you guys hear what they said? Uh, um, blanking on his name right now, but the Green Bay coach, LaFleur, yeah, apparently said this draft was designed around the philosophy that he wants to maintain for the Green Bay Packers, which is strong defense and a focus on the running game. His preference would be to throw the ball 20 times or less per game. So people are like, you know, if you are just hoping to grind out 17, 14 games, cut Aaron Rodgers loose because this makes no Sense, but that would explain why you just said F it to the wide receiver position. You're like Alan Lazard, you know, the corpse formerly they signed somebody uh, who was injured. Devin, Devin Funches, yeah. the corpse formerly known as Devin Funches, ESB. You guys come on down because we're not going to throw the ball anyway. Yeah. All right, so Dennis, give us your guys real quick, and then we'll we'll knock on. Like I said, I know Matt really wants to get to his Antonio Gibson rant here. So let give us your five, and then we'll get to Matt. So I have Vaughn and Moss at six and seven, basically tied. And then uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, Darrington Evans, and Antonio Gibson. So my guy that I really like is LaMichael P. Ryan. He went to New York. He's he's an all really good all-around back. And I don't think Le'Veon Bell is there after this year. 
So in 2021, LaMichael P. Ryan could be the starting running back uh, for the new head coach of the uh, New York Jets. I, I love the opportunity he's getting there. My love of Bell will not allow me to acknowledge that last comment. Yeah. Um, I had so six, six to 10, I had Swift, Moss, Antonio Gibson, which I protest, uh, Dallas, and McFarlane. So uh, originally, when we were ranking them after I watched a draft coverage and they talked about the, the Gibson pick at 302 as a slot wide receiver, I thought that made a lot of sense for. Washington, who has uh, a sadder, uh, almost a sadder professional wide receiver depth chart than the New York Jets. Uh, and then I saw you put him in the running back rankings for this, and I specifically moved him in mind to the wide receiver rankings until he said you weren't going to allow it. So I still fundamentally do not understand how Washington has decided to draft this guy to be another running back so that they have like 85 running backs uh, unless they've decided that a the wishbone is coming back in fashion or b like the rest of us ron rivera looked at tape on Dwayne wash Dwayne haskins and decided that investing in professional receivers would do them no good maybe i mean i do think it could speak more to they I know that it's obviously a different coach and everything. They've relied heavily on Chris Thompson over the past couple of years. We don't know what's going to happen with Bryce Love. I mean, he's a guy I know Dennis is big on, but he he suffered the knee injury. We don't we haven't really heard much about him coming back. Darius Geis has been, not been able to stay on the field for more than two games at a time. Adrian Peterson is, I swear, about to turn to dust on the NFL football yeah. field. I mean, it's they have no one, and Antonio Gibson does give them a different skill set and a lot of explosion at that position. So to me, it makes a little bit of sense in bringing him, him to, bringing him in that's, to be the running back. That's fine. But if I can channel my inner Mel Kuyper Jr., if Go you're ahead. in a loaded wide receiver draft and you have fuck all at receiver <laughs> and you decide to draft another running back, that's why you're picking in the top of the draft every year. Well, so they got Terry okay. Terry. They don't need anybody else. They got Kelvin Harmon. Who even, else? Even Terry McLaren's like – Guys, guys, he'll, he'll I be. Can't, I can't so, have ninety-five defensive backs on. My my, I I think that uh, Gibson is going to be a Cordero Patterson type of weapon, the occasional wide receiver lineup, the occasional um, lineup in the backfield. I don't think they're drafting somebody that had less than a hundred carries in four years of college, including two at junior college where an athlete like this should be able to dominate. And they're going to say, Hey, he's going to be our starting running back. Antonio oh, Gibson. Well, you never know with Washington, I guess. A- Antonio Gibson <laughs> at the running back. If he's listed as a running back, it's fool's gold. All right, so I'm going to give the rest of mine really quick. Uh, and they're not really a lot of guys that I want to touch on. Uh, McFarland, I guess, interesting landing spot. I would honestly be a little bit worried about if, with you being – if you're a James Conner owner, that could be an interesting thing for him. Eno Benjamin is actually really interested in me. We know Kenyon Drake is – and I don't think he signed a long-term contract yet, but they, they are – He just signed yeah. the franchise tender. So we don't know if he's going to come back. I've talked about it before. Eno Benjamin had a phenomenal year two years ago in college, just seemed to struggle last year. Him going in the seventh round could be a late steal in your rookie drafts. So who could be? He has the opportunity to do something for 
Arizona is I'm not as sold on Chase Edmonds. He's another guy who has the injury issues, and so does Kenyon Drake. So he, he's a guy that I'm interested in. I have P. Ryan here. I kind of agree with everything Dennis said. Uh, he's a guy you might be able to get even earlier than that. Moss really kind of fell for me. I was trying to move him higher, and I just couldn't. I, I Maybe it's because I'm so big on Singletary. I know Moss will probably come in and get some goal line work, but as this guy right here says all the time, their best goal line back is Josh Allen. And, and he runs it in all the time. So I honestly don't even know if Zach Moss is going to get a lot of goal line work. So he's dropped really far for me. I don't know how to say this guy's name. Kalei. Uh, is it Kalei? Interesting. Seeing him go to Tampa Bay. He played, at, I believe it was at Louisiana Tech, if I'm remembering correctly right now. Really good, explosive guy. Really good receiver out of the backfield. So I could see him possibly coming in here with Keyshawn Vaughn if they try and push Ronald Jones out. Uh, and then for me last, Joshua Kelly and Huntley. I, I honestly don't think they have any fantasy value whatsoever, but they got drafted. So I I'm, a, I'm afraid that Kelly will have value. I'm hoping you're right because I love Justin Jackson. Well, yeah, I, that I, would be the key. But I, I think that unless – if Justin Jackson doesn't pop this year, that Joshua Kelly is the guy next year in, in that offense yeah. with uh, Eckler. And I don't know who Huntley is. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't either. I saw he got drafted, so that's why I put him at the bottom of my ranking. So go ahead, Dennis. Give us the rest of yours. So I'm finishing out with DJ Dallas. Uh, I I like the concept of him going to Seattle. They're like, he's at the bottom. Well, sorry about that. But I think that uh, I, it's it, again, it's a very crowded. I don't think they're uh, I don't think they're giving up on uh, Rashad Penny yet. But they might, they might. I know Pete loves uh, him some Chris Carson. Then I followed up with uh, Joshua Kelly, Anthony McFarlane, Eno Benjamin, uh, and then finished out with Dylan Calais and uh, Huntley. Uh, I, I think I like Ben. Benjamin is very similar to P. Ryan in that he's he's the long play. He's a guy you're going to draft him in the fourth round, fifth round. You're going to put him on your taxi squad, and next year. That's when uh, going into year two, when the starter is gone. If Drake leaves, if Bell leaves, that's where these guys are coming on. I'm not sold on McFarland as a replacement for Connor or a replacement for for Samuels uh, or a replacement, or a replacement for, for Snow. Just because the, his game is so different, he he he's a piece. I think if you take Connor Snell. Uh, Samuels and and McFarland, and you smash them all together, you've got one good running back. Yeah, and obviously, you know, that idea that any of those Pittsburgh backs could just step right in and, and do yeah. wonders kind of floated down Fantasy River uh, last year. When Connor was in, he was okay, but when it was the other chuckles, uh, it was not. So I have some reservations, too. I kind of just filled out the rest, uh, too. I had Evans, um, then Dylan. I guess I'm a little less sold on what potentially – his role or even what Green Bay is doing than you. Benjamin, I thought was an interesting stash and P Ryan for the same reasons, you know, kind of the, the guys that could have a real opportunity in another year. Uh, you know, if, if things break right, um, that I, Kelly, I, he scares me. I may start hand, you know, at the end of drafts, handcuffing in places where I have Jackson and then I had Hunt, Huntley and Clace. Um, one that, wasn't on there that I've been following that's interesting to me uh, just because I like Denver is they, you know, they're huge on signing undrafted free agents. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had some of their best finds. Chris Harris Jr. was an undrafted free agent. Philip Lindsay, undrafted free agent. Shaq Barrett was our undrafted free agent. You've seen some of these guys. 
they paid a pretty high guarantee to Levante Bellamy, a running back from Western Michigan, uh, as one of their undrafted free agents. So I think that's, you know, if you're looking for a deep, deep, deep uh, stash to be watching, you know, it was around this time a couple of years ago that I was watching when we signed Lindsay to yeah. see what was going to happen. Um, so kind of an interesting, I thought it was an interesting signing. You know, Royce Freeman's a guy that you figure they may try to, to move to someone who's feeling desperate. Yeah. To the Washington Redskins. On Probably. To- hey, you can never have enough. Never <laughs> enough. Never. Uh, on, the, on the wide receivers here, um, I, I, mine changed a little bit. And obviously, if you guys were with us Friday, if you didn't get to watch us live, all, finally, all four or three hours got uploaded uh, Friday afternoon. Um Leia moved down for me a little bit because of the landing spot, but my top five ended up Judy just because I do think he's such a good wide receiver, and, and I thought landed in the perfect landing spot there with Denver. Lamb then falls to second for me. I, I like the spot. I could see him overtaking Gallup. Uh, I am just a little bit worried. There's so many mouths to feed in that offense. They've been so reliant on Zeke uh, for so much in that. Now I do think it's good for them because Amari Cooper sucks. So now you have like lamb and Gallup who are actually good wide receivers. So Dak might actually be able to throw somebody who can catch the ball. So I do like that. Jalen Rager stays uh, at three for me or technically he was two. So he falls to one spot as well. Love the landing spot with Philadelphia. They've built a serious all-star track team there with their wide receiver group. And I think Rager is by far the best wide receiver there gives, uh, gives when, a true deep down the field threat, but a guy who can also catch the ball near the line of scrimmage and do a whole lot with it afterwards. So I love Rager. Higgins to Cincinnati, love that as well. I think he's a younger version, but more explosive version of AJ Green. To pair him with a guy like Joe Burrow, I think Higgins is going to be a steal for a lot of people in their rookie dress. And then last, uh, Ayuk rose up my board. He was 11 for me last week when me and Dennis did this. I have him now at five. The fact that the San, I believe, if I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, San Francisco traded back up to get him, did they not? Yes, they did. The fact they jumped that, from 31 to 26. So the fact that they 25. traded up to get him and then him going into that offense where I think Debo is Debo is their number one right now, and as much as I love Debo, he's not a number one wide receiver. He is a guy that needs to be in the slot, is an explosive playmaker. I love what they do with him in the run game, and Ayuk can do that, and he's bigger and faster and stronger. And that's what I like about him. He's a guy who we saw at Arizona State who do all kinds of things in special teams. Uh, I think him going there and the fact that Kyle Shanahan wanted him is going to be big for Ayuk. I think he has a chance to be a really good wide receiver going into a great offensive situation. So that is why he shot up my board. Dennis, who are your top five? Uh, Mine are all the same, except I have Pittman at five uh, instead of Ayuk. They're not the same. Uh, Lamb is my one. I think he's still the best receiver. Uh, in a dynasty perspective, you you take the best guy. He's going to give you some production this year, but he, he's the best. I have Judy at two, Rager at three, Higgins at four, uh, and then Pittman at five. I love Rager getting opportunity, but at any time, you, you know, you just don't know who's going to pop off if, uh, oh, who's the old dude there? Dang it. Which team? Played for the Bears, for the Eagles. Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. You know, if he, he could come back at any time and have a healthy season. You know, Greg Ward showed You mean something. his first healthy season? Yeah. Could happen. Um, so there's going to be – he's going to get opportunity. Let's see how he produces with it. Uh, 
T. Higgins, uh, I love uh, his opportunity. He might be stifled this year with uh, A.J. Green, uh, Tyler Boyd. I, I think he's going to really impact Tate and Ross if he if he performs well. But I like Pittman at five. He has an opportunity to go into Indianapolis where they don't have a guy like him that's been able to stay on the field. Funches couldn't stay on the field. He was a little bit bigger, a little bit slower version of Higgins. Uh, Darius Fountain hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's a bigger wide receiver. So Pittman going into Indianapolis, teaming up with T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle at the tight end, and, and then Mack and Taylor in the backfield. Now all of a sudden that that great offensive line, and they've got another field general in Phillip Rivers, it could it could Pittman it, I could see Pittman being the offensive rookie of the year. Okay. Go ahead, Matt. Give us your top five. So I think we all have the same top three, just maybe in different orders. So I had uh, Judy one. I moved Rager up to two, and Lamb at three. Obviously, you know how much I love um, CD Lamb. It's just competition also part of me doesn't trust Dallas <laughs> even though I have so many Dallas receivers now and so many teams uh, then I went with uh, Jefferson um, I thought the opportunity there in in, in Minneapolis uh, was pretty good I, I've seen some uh, projections that they think he'll catch more passes than Diggs did last year um, so I just I liked that landing spot I liked the player and then I had Pittman for all the same reasons uh, that kind of Dennis touched on, uh, you know, I thought that was a great landing spot. I am pretty high on that offense. I think they're really gunning to make the run that we all thought they might make run make last year. All right. Before we continue talking about the wide receivers, um, Ben has a question here. I was trying to get it to pop up. So if it does pop up, we'll jump on that. It's about the running backs. I'll continue my wide receivers really quick. So my next five are Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, Denzel Mims, Chase Claypool, and then I have Henry Ruggs coming in there. Uh, obviously, I like all the landing spots for those guys outside of Ruggs. Uh, my fear with Ruggs is I kind of feel like they're, they're with the uh, Arizona Cardinals route that the Cardinals went a couple years ago where they just drafted a crap ton of wide receivers in hopes that one of these guys works out. Uh, I don't. I think Ruggs is going to make plays in Oakland. I don't think it's going to be consistent. I actually like Brian Edwards there a whole lot more than I do Ruggs. Uh, so I'm not as big on Ruggs as other people, but I, I loved all the other landing spots. Claypool's interesting to me. I wasn't as high on him as others, but seeing the Steelers kind of take him as early as they, as they did, and, and they do have the reputation for kind of developing wide receivers. Well, He's not a guy that I'm going to probably take, but go ahead. Did you hear the talk that they're looking at converting him to tight end? I mean, there's a lot of talk about Kane brought that up on Friday's episode that he is yeah. a, a tight end. So, so that, surprised. it's not a terrible idea. However, you know, if you're thinking about a receiver, you know, we, we saw Darren Waller. That was kind of the thing, you know, we're going to convert him into a tight end. It took quite a few years after that process started for you to get the Darren Waller that everyone always hoped you'd see. Yeah. Makes me a little nervous. Well, the the issue with Waller though is he had a lot more off the field stuff. Like, uh, who was it? Uh, Funches came right out of college as a tight end, converted right to wide receiver, and was productive. Uh, I, I I think that Claypool could perform like Funches. I don't think he, he's going to have necessarily uh, 
he's not somebody I'm looking to acquire. Uh, he's a guy that if he if he goes off and goes crazy, I, I'm going to be okay being wrong about. Yeah. All right. Now, before we get to yours, Dennis, so Ben's question was, with this year, RBs being drafted, are we seeing the NFL going towards a running back by committee committee and no true three-down back? Should I draft these RBs before these stack-wide receivers? Uh, for me, no. I would still go running back. I, I don't think – I know some of them have landed in bad landing spots. For me, probably Swift is the worst one, and I still think he's going to be the best. Jonathan Taylor – I mean, you know, Ben, because I know you've been listening for a while. You know I am not a fan of Marlon Mack, so I have no doubt Marlon Mack is going to get maybe 10% of the carries. It's going to be Jonathan Taylor. I could see him losing out some receiving work to Naheem Hines, but Jonathan Taylor is such a good runner. He's the best pure runner in this class and so explosive. The receiving part is not going to matter. He, he's going to put up points, just like as as uh, Dennis kind of uh, compared him to Nick Chubb. We've seen Nick Chubb put up a ton of points in, in fantasy and not do much in the receiving game. I agree that's where Taylor's going to go. Difference is Taylor has probably a 10 times better offensive line than Cleveland does. So Taylor, I think, is still going to be a stud. What do you guys think about the the question here Ben asked? Well, I think some of it comes down to position scarcity and, and how your team is built as well. So for me, I'm trying to get an early pick to grab a running back and then a later first to grab a wide receiver. It's just this is a draft where if I can get two first, I'm perfectly happy taking taking guys. But if I'm in the top half and it's uh, if if I'm in the top half and not taking a quarterback, I'm grabbing my top rated running back. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a position that burns brighter, faster, and burns out faster, and that's that's the real thing. You know, you get a, a great quality wide receiver, you might have them penciled into your starting lineup for five, six, seven years. Running backs don't always have that kind of a shelf life, but that's why you got to go get them early because you're always, it seems like, you know, you don't, it seems like a lot of people that play dynasty for a long time always say, Oh, I'm set at wide receiver and my running back situation. It just seems to be the nature of the position. Yeah. And the one thing I will say as well on that, that kind of off of what Matt just said there is I think you draft running backs early, you trade for wide receivers late. Like there's going to be guys like I just mentioned Brian Edwards, who I think could be the better Las Vegas wide receiver. We may not even see him do much this year, but he's such a stud in my opinion. You can probably, after he has a bad rookie season, get him for like a second round pick. You can probably get him. I've seen him going in some of the drafts that I've been in today, going in the third round of some drafts. And I would rather take a Jonathan Taylor early and then get those guys like Dennis, me and Dennis in a bunch of drafts. We just saw guys like T. Higgins, Michael Pittman going in the second round. If I can get Jonathan Taylor and then a T. Higgins or Michael Pittman, I'm perfectly fine with that compared to a yeah. C.D. Lamb and then a Zach Moss or A.J. Dillon in the second round. So it's always – I would say, to be honest, it's, it's definitely class dependent because next year I do think you're going to see a limited amount of, of running backs again and a ton of wide receivers. So you're going to see people lean more on the running backs early and then grab wide receivers late because of how many wide receivers. So if we see a class where we have like, I don't know, eight or nine running backs coming out that all seem to be good, maybe you go wide receiver heavy then. But I, I, for me, it's always going to be running back early unless you're just completely stacked at running back and then maybe grab a wide receiver. But I, I don't think – there's just some guys that even if they look like they're going into running back by committees for me, they're still going to be the leaders by like a 60 to maybe even 70, 30 split that that's well worth keeping them in my opinion. But that's just the modern NFL right now. Yeah. I mean, aside well, from like that. three, yeah. Aside from three guys, you know, Saquon Barkley, McCaffrey's pretty much got all the touches and Ezekiel Elliott. 
beyond that, I think you're hard pressed, Derrick Henry. Although he even he seeds receiving work. Yeah. So I mean, that's just Wait, pretty much he just like two passes a game for 84 yards, and everybody talks about how he's a receiving back. Look, if you get two for 84 yards and a touchdown, that is being he got that against pretty, Cleveland Browns in week pretty, one last year. So just throwing that out there, just just throwing it out there. But anyway, friendly defense right there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so Dennis, uh, yeah, Dennis, give us your next five. Well, my next five are gonna close some of the inconsistency you had when you gave yours. Okay. So you you have rugs ranked at ten, and then you talked yeah. about how you felt Edwards was the better, but going to be the better receiver, yes. whom you have ranked at fifteen. Yes. So again, this is another Dobbins Swift situation we got going here. Would you like to redo your rankings real quick before we move no. on? No, I'm good. I'm good where he's at. I'm good with him. <laughs> so, all right. So uh, at six, I've got Justin Jefferson followed by Denzel Mims, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Henry Ruggs, and then uh, Brian Edwards. Jefferson, uh, I like. He's good, uh, good receiver, very polished. But I think he's he's going to be a slot guy, and he's going to be battling with uh, Thielen in that that slot. They're going to try to move either of them out at different times, but they both that's where both of them excel. Uh, Mims, I, I like Mims a lot, but I need to see how that. Uh, offense is going to go. Will he be able to continue to mature? Ayuk, the downside for Ayuk, uh, I think Ayuk is great, uh, but he's going to an offense much like uh, Lafleur wants to do in uh, Green Bay. His brother, the other Lafleur with Shanahan there in San Francisco, is perfectly happy throwing the ball 17 times a game and running at 50. Uh, and then I at 14 and 15, I have Ruggs and Edwards back-to-back. Uh, with Ruggs being uh, ranked just a touch higher because of his explosiveness, I, I think that uh, I need to see more. I feel like Edwards is going to be the guy to own in this offense for the consistency. But right now, going into their rookie seasons, I'm willing to put Ruggs uh, the one spot ahead. Matt, who are your next five? Okay, so at six, uh, I had T. Higgins. Uh, then I had Mims. Um, you know, I think Mims kind of comes up because of an opportunity. Obviously, going to the Jets, uh, a great opportunity. Uh, I thought they they were so lucky uh, that they he just kept falling and diving because it looked like they were going to kind of hose themselves out of a receiver. Um, then I have Rugs. You know, I think we've all talked about some of our misgivings, but. Where they drafted him, that offense not having a lot of competition. Gruden likes, you know, those big fast receivers. The Raiders tradition is, you know, all I could think when they when they drafted him was John Madden sitting there saying speed kills, which was one of his voice drops from the old uh, Madden games. Uh, you know, that seemed like a quintessential Raider pick. Then I took Ayuk. Um, I like the offense. I like the talent, but a little bit like Dennis. You never know what you're going to get in that passing game. We saw him last year when they traded for Emmanuel Sanders, and then they had Devo. You figure Kittle pretty well gets his part. They're very focused on the running. Sometimes one or two of those receivers do well. Sometimes you have a guy like Kendrick Bourne just catch all the touchdowns and screw you. So it makes me a little bit nervous. I like his talent, but I, you know, I don't know that that's the most predictable offensive spot. And then 
I I made a good case for Tyler Johnson. I thought where he got drafted in Tampa Bay, where he's competing against Scotty Miller uh, for the third receiver slot. I liked it. I liked the potential there. Yeah. And so I vaulted him up. All right. So my next couple, um, I put Colin Johnson and Chenault together. I don't. I think it's going to be Colin Johnson that breaks out over Chenault here in Jacksonville. Uh, I'm not sure. I wish Chenault would have landed with a more steady head coaching staff and probably a more uh, brighter offensive mind, I guess. I didn't like the landing spot for him. Colin Johnson, I did like it. I don't think they have a real true possession wide receiver on that team. He is a true red zone threat. He was a guy who two years ago had a really good season, suffered this year with injuries. And then by the time he got back on the field, Devin Duvernay had just taken off and they really kind of leaned on him in that Texas offense. So I like Colin Johnson, love the landing spot. think he has a chance to break out. Uh, I like Gandy Golden. I think he's got the same. I should have had Edwards above both of them. I don't know why I put him down here. I would truly put Edwards right there. I love Edwards. I think he's got a chance to be a true breakout player. I said, I don't think he breaks out this year. I really don't. I think with that offense and they still have Tyrell Williams there, I think Edwards is going to be the guy in 2021. Uh, Obviously the last two guys, um, Tyler John, there's three guys that I want to talk about. Tyler Johnson, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Isaiah Hodgins, all who got drafted later in the draft, I think all have true potential and playing time ahead of them. Tyler Johnson, number one that Matt just mentioned, I think he easily beats out Scotty Miller and I'm trying to remember Justin Watson, who are the only two real threats on there for that third wide receiver set. Writing an article right now for Dynasty Nerds uh, about late round draft picks. Tyler Johnson is one of my first guys up on there. Tampa Bay ran three wide receiver sets 70% of the time last year, which means they're going to have three wide receivers out there. That was with OJ Howard and Cameron Brait. I know they've got Gronk there, but I'm someone who does not think Gronk's going to be big for the fantasy game. Tyler Johnson, I think, easily slots in opposite of Mike Evans, moving Chris Godwin in the slot where Arians wants him to be. And Johnson now easily gets the weakest matchup every single week. Now, I don't think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be a high-end wide receiver three. But with that offense, we know how much Bruce Arians loves to throw the ball. Tom Brady doesn't turn the ball over. He looks for the matchups. I think Tyler Johnson is a sneaky pick. Same thing with Isaiah Hodgins. I think John Brown, I think, only has one year left in his contract. So I think Isaiah Hodgins is a guy in 2021 that could easily be opposite of Stephon Diggs and I think could end up being better than Stephon Diggs. I, I, obviously, everybody knows I love this kid. I think he's he's got star in his future. The only problem is going to be Josh Allen there. Uh, and then Donovan Peoples-Jones as well. Uh He will be in the article that I'm writing as well. I think that's a great landing spot for him with the Browns. We saw Shea Patterson really kind of torpedoed his stock. I think he can easily come in, be opposite of Odell, move Jarvis into the slot. Cleveland ran three wide receiver sets 50% of the time, or 55% of the time last year now. Different offensive scheme with Kevin Stefanski. It was about 52%, so I imagine that's kind of where it's going to be. Regardless, he easily, in my opinion, beats out the guys like Damian Ratley, and I don't even remember the other guys now at this point. They suck. They all suck. It's Odell Jarvis and nobody. Donovan Peoples-Jones, unless they bring back Higgins, which I don't think they do, easily vaults us to the third-best wide receiver on that team, and he gives Baker another true weapon there in the wide receiver game. So I think all three of those guys are guys you can get in the third or fourth round uh, that I think all have easy, legit looks at playing time in 2020 and even 2021. Uh, those are really the only guys I want to talk about. I like Duvernay, but we'll see. Uh, he's another guy I think you could grab late. only thing I don't like about Duvernay is he's going to Baltimore with all those other guys, and I don't think Lamar gets him the ball. 
because uh, I think that's more of Andrew's role there in the middle of the field. So that's where that's where I've why I've dropped Duvernay so low. So so give me the rest of your guys and who you guys want to talk touch on. John Brown has two more years. On two more contract. years. Okay, sorry, two more years. But it's only one point six to release him after. Uh, that year. may be why I think in the article I wrote they could get rid of him. But I could I have to go back and look at it. But I I do think regardless Isaiah Hodgins he's just he's a stud. He's a stud. Just trust me on this. He's he's not Hakeem Butler, but Hakeem Butler's still good. No, Tyler Johnson is Hakeem Butler. Ooh, no, no, no. Don't put that on Tyler Johnson. He deserves better than that. All right, Dennis, give us give us the rest of your wide receivers. So I, I'm closing out with Devin Duvernay, Lynn Bowden, LaVisca Chenault, Van Jefferson, Isaiah Hodgins, Anthony Gandy, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Claypool, Tyler Johnson, K.J. Hill, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. So I, I do like Duvernay's fit. But I think he's going to be – you can't really expect a whole lot from him this year. I, I think that as Baltimore's offense continues to evolve and Jackson becomes a better passer, he's going to run substantially less. Uh, not because he can't he, he can't run, but because he doesn't need to. That offense, they're, they're loading up on weapons, and they, they're putting some real talent around. And – Yes, uh, Andrews works the middle of the field, but he doesn't work at the he doesn't work it with quickness like du, Duvernay will. Um, Lynn Bowden, uh, again, I think out there, him and Edwards and Rugs, they're just they're they're trying to rebuild that uh, whole core. Bowden, I think they're talking about being the receiving back, uh, replacing DeAndre Washington, uh, Lavisca Chenault, I. I don't know what's going to happen with him. It, you know, is he going to continue to mature and become a good wide receiver, or is he going to go down the Cordero Patterson path? Uh, Van Jefferson, uh, Isaiah Hodgins. I, I'm with you on Hodgins. I like him as a prospect. You know, he's big. He's got a good catch radius. For me, I, I want to. The the challenge I think for him is going to be uh, Josh Allen, yeah. and. You know, when they get down low where Hodgins can use his size in the red zone, Allen likes to run. Uh, and there, there is plenty of, uh, you know, somebody with Allen's propensity to turn the ball over is going to look for receivers that make him comfortable, like Cole Beasley uh, or John Brown. And so until they get to a point where he's developed chemistry with Hodgins, I, I think that it's going to be iffy whether or not they run out of patience. Uh, I'm, I'm not buying in on Tyler Johnson. Uh, I don't see it. I think, I think the NFL has told us everything we need to know about Tyler Johnson. That's all right. I mean, you're allowed to be wrong about one prospect here. So there we go. We got eventually all. I suppose oh, I will be. <laughs> all right, Matt, give us your, your guys before we move on to the, uh, the black hole that is tight ends of this class. So I wrap up with uh, Chenault, DeVernay, Edwards, Gandy Golden. Then I have uh, KJ Hamler. Um, I, I really liked some of the reports that were coming out. I think he may also have some value as a returner. Um, there's obviously Denver, much like the Raiders, uh, you know, had some holes to fill. They at least had Cortland Sutton, but they, they really were working on rebuilding all of their uh, weapons. Um, John Elway in a couple of, uh, in his years as GM has often tried to look at the team that they just can't beat and see what they do. 
uh, and then try to, to rebuild something to emulate that for uh, a while. He was taken with the defenses he saw from New England and the Seahawks, and that's kind of where you saw Denver build that defense that got them the Super Bowl in 2015. They have said over and over this offseason that they're looking at Kansas City and that they feel like to beat Kansas City, you have to be able to score a minimum of 30 points a game, and that's what they're going to go out and try to do. Um, so, you know, as long as Drew Locke is what I hope he is, then um, then that'll help. Then I have Claypool, Bowden, Van Jefferson, uh, K.J. Hill. Um, I really liked uh, that pick late for the Chargers. I think there's another guy who kind of comes in late and has a sneaky chance to get up there, be a, be a third wide receiver, and be a weapon. Um, so I have him. And then, then my last was Hodgins. All right. Let's finish it out with the tight ends here, which, I mean, I just kind of ranked the guys here. I'm not. Troutman and Parkinson are actually probably the most interesting to me. Parkinson just because of his landing spot. Uh, Same with Troutman, obviously, going to New Orleans. We we hope Jared Cook going there a couple – was a year ago now that he was going to be a stud, really didn't do anything. I think he's got one more year left on his contract. I could not be – I would not be surprised if Troutman ends up taking over there. Um, I know a lot of people are big on Asai. Uh, Asiasi, I don't know. I uh, went to New England. I think the reason everybody's high on him is because he went to New England. I don't know if that means anything for fantasy. Uh, obviously, I like the Harrison Bryant pick by the Browns. I don't know what that means for fantasy. I still think it's Hooper. I think Bryant actually kind of slots in as a better tight end than Njoku, so he's probably there too. Uh, but I don't know how often they're going to use Two, like they're going to use two tight end sets, but I don't know how much both of them will be viable for fantasy. So he's kind of a fade for me. Obviously loved Al, uh, King Albert going to Denver, but with Fanfare, I think that kind of kills his value as well. And then Komet going to Chicago. Mitch, if Nick Foles is the starting quarterback. I love it. If it's Mitch Trubisky, uh, Komet's probably not going to do anything. So that's kind of the way that my rankings fall. I'm not sold on any of them. If you need to draft, if you're in anything – if you're in a four-round or less rookie draft, I'd avoid all these guys. If you're in like the 16-teamer, me and Dennis are in, that's like six rounds, grab some. They might turn out for you. Outside of that, I'm avoiding these guys at all costs. Dennis, what are your tight end ranks? Well, I, I started in mine with Troutman. I, I love the landing spot. He seems to have shown that he's an all-around tight end, good route runner, good pass catcher. Uh, he's got. He's definitely stepping up from a small school. At two, I went with Alberta Okwegbunam. I think is how John told us to pronounce it. Yeah, I just uh, King Albert. King Albert. Yeah, King so Albert for me, the it's about fantasy points. He's not. He's not going to be on the field to block. Unfortunately, he's going to be behind Noah Fant. But once he, he moves up the depth chart and gets out there. He's going to be out there to catch the ball. Uh, I do have uh, Asi Asi at three. He he caught uh, he went forty four for six forty one last year with four touchdowns at UCLA. Okay, so he he's a big guy. He, he's like like we're talking big guy. He's like put six three two eighty. But everything you read, he's lauded for how smooth he is as a route runner. So he's got decent speed. I feel like he's probably not two eighty. He probably is. If he is, man, maybe that's that Samoan diet, I guess, or something. So we'll see what happens with Asi Asi. Uh, then I have Cole Komet and, and Harrison Bryan as well. I think with the Browns picking up um, uh, Njoku's fifth-year option today, 
and bringing bringing in Hooper, uh, there's plenty of time for Bryant. Uh, I'm not probably drafting him unless it's a very, very deep draft and it's the last round and I'm just looking to throw somebody on a taxi squad for a couple years. Bryant is, is good. He's been comp to Kittle. Yeah. So there's some talent there. I think talent wins out eventually. So it could really provide Cleveland with a very, very deep uh, tight end room. What about you, Matt? I mean, see, the, it's interesting you mentioned the deep tight end room. I think that was the problem. Uh, For Denver. I think that, that was the problem with a few of these tight ends. It's like, oh, they're kind of interesting. And then you're like, oh, and they they are now one of 87 people. So, right. uh, you know, I had Troutman up at the top. I think that was universally not only it's a good offense, it was a good place where they took him. Jared Cook is what's in front of him, who you figure would be there a year, maybe two. He's 33. Um, that seemed – that seemed like the most clear path in addition to being a great spot. Um, I have Albert O, uh, number two. He played with Drew Locke in college. Drew Locke, if you follow him on Twitter because your Denver is inscribed on your heart, as I do, uh, then you saw that he was incredibly thrilled that pick was made. My reservation there is he is now the ninth tight end on the roster, no joke, for Denver. They have Fant. They also signed Nick Vanette to a free agent contract, re-signed Jeff Hireman. They have Jake Butt. They have Albert O. They have uh, guys. Do you still have Pumagalli? Yeah, we still have Troy Fumagalli. Yeah, I mean, they have not let go of anyone. They still have Andrew Beck, who they traded from the Patriots. So uh, that that's a little bit of a concern, but I think, you know, they're thinking of him as a speed weapon. Um, I, I still liked the idea. Hopkins, uh, I like the receiving options. Obviously, we saw what they've done with um, Higby and Everett there. You figure Everett's going to move on. So maybe an opening there. Komet just uh, – Chicago, hard to know what you're going to get in Chicago. Another place, I think he's now the eighth tight end on their on their roster. We aren't sure how good any of them are, including uh, our friend Jimmy Graham, who's had a precipitous fall, but they all exist. Uh, and then I had Bryant. You know, I I liked him as a prospect too, but you know, we just talked about obviously. They signed Hooper to the largest contract in tight end history, and then they just picked up the option on Njoku, which tells you they're not ready to let him go. And I feel like they have somebody else. They have you two would... other. They have Pharaoh Brown and Stephen Carlson as well. Yes. Well, those aren't – didn't they have Ricky Seals-Jones? Is he gone? Uh, yeah, they I, they let him go. He's not there. I mean, He's I, in well, Kansas City. Yeah. I think that uh, – yeah. Brian's going to be the number two. As much as I love Njoku, Brian's the better overall prospect. Like, I mean, what I said about on the Browns podcast I did yesterday about Njoku is definitely the best looking and best physical freak of those three tight ends, but he can't catch and he can't block. So that kind of hurts his value just a little bit. Uh, both Brian and, and Hooper can do both. I am surprised that we, we didn't mention who has got to be our true tight end one, which is Dad Moss of the Redskins. You know, he just went in the second round, right, Dennis, of the uh, the Listener League? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, honestly, it's got to be because of the landing spot, right? Because they have the well, well of sadness. It's the reason that, you know, I am I was hot about Antonio Gibson. They need somebody to catch the ball. If you wanted, if you looked at this draft and, and a lot of the young quarterbacks who are kind of in a spot where they need to solidify their position, the 
The Giants didn't get a bunch of weapons, but they at least built a better line and a better defense to help Daniel Jones. The Broncos got a bunch of weapons for Drew Locke. Bills have been trying to get weapons for Josh Allen. And just a lot of middle fingers pointed at Dennis Haskins based on what I'm seeing from that draft. Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins. I don't know if yeah. that was a – That was, that was subliminal there. I think Matt not, just flipped but... me off. He just flipped me off subliminally there. <laughs> I, uh, you said Dennis think, Haskins. Yeah, who actually I think was Mr. Belding on the uh, – yeah. on Saved by the yeah. Bell. <laughs> did you know we're bringing back Saved by the Bell? I did. Yeah, I saw you? the trailer for it. Slater and Jesse, yeah, so it looks just wonderful. If you wait long enough, everything comes back to you. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Obviously, we pre- I appreciate you both of you guys jumping on. I think now that the draft is over, we can kind of jump into it. was just me and Dennis who did this last year, but now that we've got Matt with us, probably breaking down the division, seeing where we think these teams go, how we think these uh, rosters might shake out. Should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys their rookie drafts. I'm sure everybody's kind of kicked off Monday with everything going on in the world. Uh, so good luck with everything. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for those of us who are jumping on the video. Sorry I couldn't get to all of the comments on there. Uh, but definitely come back when we come back on again live, and we will definitely jump in and, and talk about your guys' questions. But we'll see uh, both you guys later. Have yourselves a great day, and thank you, everybody, again for watching. Peace. Have a good one. Oops. I hit the wrong button. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Die, Lee! Only tackle in the 40-yard line. Who can make a play?